Ah, uh, okay. La, 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 la. I have to open every show with la. Now, how do I start? Okay. Um, hello, and welcome to the inaugural, the first, the start, the beginning of the Avengers Spotlight. You know, you know what? That was brilliant. That goes pre-intro music, and you just bleep over where you said. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> And there came a day, unlike any other, when Earth's mightiest heroes were united against a common threat. On that day, the Avengers were born. To fight the foes, no single hero could withstand. Back to the Bins presents Avengers Spotlight. Hey, wait a minute. This is, this is the Avengers British television theme. Benjamin! Hello and welcome to Avengers Spotlight, a presentation of Back to the Bins. This is our first episode of Avengers Spotlight, and I am Dr. Bill Robinson. And with me, as always, is Paul Spataro. Hello. And Mr. Scott Gardner. How's it going, fellas? I changed it up. Good, <laughs> good. I don't know. I wanted and to just... establish right out of the gate that I was not a sound clip. So. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a sound clip. I am a human being. You're not a sound clip, but you might be a life model decoy. <laughs> I do play a life model decoy on TV. <laughs> so we're here to talk the Avengers. And I think for our first episode, we were going to kick it off with our Avengers origin stories. And then a brief look at, well, not a brief, but a synopsis and review of issue one. Any, you guys want to go first on your origins or you want me to jump in? I well. think we should go. We should go by age. I think that's the way we should do it. So I get to go last. No, you get to go first because you would you would be the first one to have, theoretically anyway, met the Avengers because you're the oldest one. Yeah, like, you were there when the team formed, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was a member of Rick's uh, radio brigade. You, you were the teen brigade in 1963. I was, I was a ham oh radio God. guy. <laughs> a ham radio enthusiast. Uh, well, I jumped into the Avengers at issue 127 and i was not familiar with the team at all at that point excuse me not 127 122 uh which was the avengers fighting the zodiac and it had like a kind of a real cool cover on it with uh the avengers i believe they were led by thor in the forefront foreground uh bursting through a comics cover and it was thor that was black panther iron man and i don't recall who else was on the cover but i remember my Oh, approximately 11 or 12-year-old self saw that and thought, wow, they're all in one book. And I picked that up, and I was hooked from that point on. You know, of course I was hooked on that because that was right in the middle of the Celestial Madonna storyline. Oh, uh, excellent, excellent story. Yes. And, uh, you know, then, then I started picking up back issues from uh, my LCS, which we even still – we did have an LCS back then. And – Shortly after that, I got all the issues of the Avengers Defenders Clash, and basically I was hooked at that point. So it's been one of my f favorite series for 
you know, over 40 years now, and it continues to be one of my favorites, even though virtually everybody has been a, an Avenger now. How's about yeah. you guys? Well, let's see. When were you born, Scott? Uh, 1968, April. Ah, you're next. I'm next? You're oh, next. my goodness. I am not entirely sure where I met the Avengers, to be honest with you. the One of the earliest covers I can remember, and I'm not even sure what, what issue number it would be, but it was the one with, it was uh, who will be, I'm trying to remember how it was worded, something like who will be the new Avengers or who will be the next Avengers or something to that effect. And it was the one with, with Rom was one of the selections on it. It was like Rom, and I'm trying to find it. Oh, here it is. It's, I think uh, it was 210 maybe around there. Yeah, that was uh, in the 200 two... areas, like between 210 and 230 somewhere. Something like 22? that. Yeah, I'm tr- trying 21? to look it up here. 221, I think. Yeah, 221. Yeah, here it is. Who will be the newest members of the Avengers? Earth's Mightiest Heroes in uh, the cover had. Uh, I just thought this was cool because there were so many. As little as I knew about the Avengers, I knew that these people here... Um, uh, most of them had had never been Avengers, had no real affiliation with the Avengers or anything. So I, it just caught my interest that, ooh, this could be interesting. This could be a really diverse team. It's funny now, so many of these guys have been Avengers, many of them on the same incarnation, you know, the same team of Avengers. Uh, so you got like Power Man, Spider-Man, Wolverine are the first three on there. At that time, I mean, nobody could even dream that they'd ever be Avengers. Now they've been in the new new Avengers together for you know however long. Uh, there was also Spider Woman, uh, She Hulk, Silver Surfer, Daredevil, um, and all these different characters. But of course, the one that really caught my interest was Rom was on there, and I thought, ooh, that's a neat idea. And of course, you know he, that he wasn't selected to be part of the team. I know that wasn't the first issue I ever got, but that was always one of the ones that that really stood out in my in my mind. And that was an era where um, I started buying Avengers regularly just because I saw that issue on the stands. I saw that cover and thought, ooh. So I picked it up, really liked it, uh, really enjoyed the the writing and the art and started picking up uh, Avengers regularly for a while. And then, of course, also when I started getting into John Byrne heavily and collecting everything that Byrne had done up to that point, Byrne did a nice little run on the Avengers back around... Say it was like 170 ish or something like that. Um, and of course, one, 180s, 190s. That's right. Yeah. Because he followed up uh, George Perez. That's right. And then, of course, George Perez. When I discovered George Perez, uh, I wanted to go back and collect a lot of his work too. And he did a lot of work for the Avengers. So it was, you know, a lot of going back and discovering recent back issues and things like that. And uh, it was one of those books I never collected it regularly for very long so I, I always had kind of a spotty collection growing up but then over the years one of the nice things about the avengers at least the uh the original avengers uh, you know series one which was what 402 issues i think you can get a lot of that stuff really cheap i mean issues from say number 100 to the end of the series generally you can find for between like 50 cents and a buck a piece. There's very few issues in there that, that really price very high. So I've picked a lot of them up just scouring around in the 50 cent bins and stuff. It's anything pre 100 is where things start to get a little bit pricey. And my, my collection pre 100 is a little spotty, but from 100 to the end of the series, I actually have all the issues still have yet to read them all, but I've been slowly (laughs) making my way through it. But, uh, 
Yeah, you know, for being kind of a spotty Avengers fan when I was a kid, I, I've always had a real appreciation for him. Always enjoyed the characters, and uh, I just really liked that. You know, what everybody thinks of is basically the quintessential, you know, the quintessential uh, assemblage of Avengers. You know, when you had Cap and Thor and Iron Man and Wonder Man and the Vision and the Beast and uh, those guys. That that was kind of my classic. Uh, incarnation of the Avengers. And I was always a big fan of those guys. I always liked them a lot. That's pretty much my uh, Avengers origin story. And then, of course, I got I got a little more hooked when uh, I started to discover the the older books and everything. And uh, but we'll talk about that later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think if you don't count the two reboots and you go straight through that, the volume one is um, well, you know, they had the Heroes Are Born, so they kind of call that volume two. But when they did the renumbering and brought it back, it went up to about I think. 504 before mm. they actually ended it ended it mm-hmm. but yeah technically they had two there's like three volumes in that volume one depending on how you want to number it or right it. my avenger story was was is kind of started in when i was in the ninth grade i uh my mom and i moved around a lot and i had gotten into reading iron man comics and it uh, and, and i might have said that in the first back to the bins i was on i i think i said back then that iron man was kind of my gateway into the marvel universe and then you know i I was reading his his stuff and then stuff was referenced in the avengers and i wanted to find out what that was and started looking for those issues and and i want to say the first issue of the avengers that i had was the last issue of the korvax saga which was a mind blower (laughs) like everybody's dead what happened so then i had to start tracking down back issues and everything and and then the next big storyline that I remember is the um, was the Celestial Madonna saga, and, yeah, and I and that man that stuff was deep. Uh, you really had to pay attention. It, it took me a long time to get all the issues, and then to find uh, find the because um, that was back when they did the giant size quarterly books. I believe they were quarterly. The giant yeah, size. I, I love those giant size books. And then if you didn't get those you and you just had the regular titles, you would be like, wait a minute, what happened? And they they would reference it, and you'd have to f- go find that. So from Iron Man to the Avengers, the Avengers became my main book to collect and is still my main book. And as uh, I'm planning here soon to maybe make a deal with my LCS and maybe pick up a lot of back issues of recent stuff because – you know, quite frankly, he's not. They're they're not going to charge three ninety nine for him now, and I can get him at a little bit better price. And uh, because I'd like to still keep getting the Avengers, uh, it is my favorite book as of right now. I I know I've I've mentioned before. I do have Avengers number one somewhere in the house. I still haven't found it. Hopefully, it's still sitting in a box. I just haven't gone to or looked over when I tried to sort everything a while back. But my Avengers run is pretty much complete from about issue 37 or 38 all the way to the end. And then below 37, uh, 38, I need about 12 issues, 12 to 15 issues to have the whole run. I don't plan on ever getting those because they're going to be so expensive. And there's so many other things, you know, that I need to spend my money on. Like Uh, food. (laughs) Food, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I did pick up the Omnibus, uh, which is like is the first 30 some odd issues. So with that and a few other things, I, I, I do have a, I can read a complete run if I want to. And I'm happy. Of course, you know, if an Avengers number four came along, 
somebody's selling it for 50 bucks at a yard sale or, you know, a quarter, yeah, I'd probably have to pick it up. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you break down and pay a quarter for it. <laughs> Are you kidding? Uh, how much you want for that? Two dollars. Sold. No Two dollars. Uh, that's a little steep. Uh, will you take a buck? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, it's, why don't you throw in that Chris action? Com- <laughs> why don't you throw in that a- action comics number one, and I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> I don't know. It's my son's comics, and he had them for so long. And I... <laughs> yeah, Granny, just give me the books, will you? <laughs> you know, if it were new, I'd give you more. <laughs> Look, it's so old. Nineteen thirty-eight. Yeah. This one's from the 30s. That one's from the 60s. Come on. Look at that paper. <laughs> I tell you what, I'll trade you one of these nice new high cardstock cover books for it. Look, it's chromium. Mm. <laughs> it would have been cool if they, if they had had Rom join the team back in that issue and then they weren't able to print any of those issues anymore because right. it's too- <laughs> they lost the rights to the Avengers because of that. <laughs> See, I wonder how that issue gets reprinted now when they they have done the uh, the essentials and everything. Because I think Rom only appears on the cover of that one. I don't think he's in the actual issue, but I I can't remember a hundred percent. He he may. So I'm I'm wondering how they go about tackling that when it comes to reprinting that stuff. Well, I don't know. Rom was mentioned. Rom was mentioned in those X Men books uh, back. Because that's how they created the gun that Storm lost her powers was based off of the um, his. Uh, oh, that's right. His uh, what was it called? A nullifier or something like that. The uh, neuralizer. Yeah. Neuralizer. That neuralizer. was it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have the uh, Fifty Years of the Avengers DVD, mm-hmm. and I've just opened up that issue just to see. And I mean, that is Marvel reproducing it, even if it is on a DVD. And he's on the cover of it, so they were able to produce it with the cover, and at least in what's reprinted in the uh, DVD, he doesn't appear. Yeah, mm. I didn't. I didn't think he was inside, but I, like I said, I couldn't remember a hundred percent. It's been a while since I've read that particular one. There is actually it, an ad for Rom in there. For that's the, a great. For, for is the that series. the one where he has him coming to Earth? It like it has him Earth? like, it has him like flying towards the the reader. Oh, that he okay. strikes from yeah. outer space and nothing can stop him. Rom mm-hmm. Space Knight on sale now. Well, maybe they'll put a like a pair of Groucho Marx glasses on him with a mustache, <laughs> disguise him. Oh, that's there not wrong. Just a just a pair of glasses. There you go, just a pair yeah. of glasses. Yeah, and a spit curl. <laughs> he slicks his I'm, slicks his helmet back. It'd be all right. I'm Rom Rom Kent. <laughs> So, so I think oh. we should talk about what what the show itself is going to be because I don't. My first thought was when you said we're going to cover uh, issue one is I don't want people to get the mistaken impression oh. that we're going to be yet another of the uh, what what did Michael Bailey call those uh, index shows? You know, where you start with the first issue and then you're covering every single issue, you know, in in order, you know, number order, chronological order, whatever. We may Just, cover every issue, but it's certainly not going to be in chronological order. Right. <laughs> yeah. If we're on long enough, we may get to every issue. But the the pl- I guess the plan is we're going to hit them as we feel like it. Yeah, yeah, and I don't. And we we may do a couple issues at a time. You know, more along a storyline. We may not go issue by issue unless you know they're really particularly good. It, it's 
Well, especially if, if we make a decision to cover earlier issues in some episodes, those I think we could do in blocks. Yes, because those those uh, you know usually they were they're they're very heavy on scripting, but they're still kind of light on the actual uh, story itself. Usually, we could probably get through those pretty quickly. So you know, once in a while, maybe we'll say, okay, we're going to hit these five issues, but more or less, I think we'd probably be more likely to say, here's a good storyline. Let's do this one. Yeah, we might even just go on a maybe what what a certain creator has done. A creator or a certain character, possibly. Character, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, you know, we were talking the other night where maybe we'll do an an Iron Man-centric episode and we'd invite Luke to join us as the resident Iron Man expert. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's always a possibility. We also have the the, the movies that we can cover Mm -hmm. or or the, you know, various cartoon uh, versions of the characters. So, I mean, the sky's the limit, considering, as I said in the beginning how virtually everybody's been an Avenger now, it pretty much opens the door for us to cover whatever we feel like. it. When you count the uh, the Avengers initiative, too, all the, all that that happened, mm-hmm. all the teams and stuff that came out of that. In fact, that, that could be an interesting thing for an episode here or there, is to cover uh, you know, one of those little offshoot series that had come up, like uh, Avengers Academy or something like that. And and that wouldn't be something where we do it issue by issue because there are I don't know thirty something issues of that series, but it still yeah. might be something that's interesting to talk about for a while. Well, then it, well then there was the order, which was the like the California based Avengers Initiative team, right? If I if I remember correctly, the, and I mean there yeah. there's literally there's a ton of stuff. I mean because you consider they they now have a fifty year history that not only incorporates. The, the main series, depending on how, you know, depending on what, how you want to break that up and how you want to count it was either 402 issues or spread over three different series or ho- however, but essentially over 500 issues of the Avengers over 50 years and then minis and annuals and special appearances and other books and battles with different enemies and all kinds of stuff all over the place. I mean, there we have more material to, to choose from than we could ever possibly get to. So, I'm excited. I think it could be a lot of fun. Plus, I like the idea of doing uh, spotlight episodes as well. And, you know, you could do a spotlight on, say, Cap and choose from Cap's own series and not even touch on issues of the Avengers necessarily. So, you know, it's all in how we want to handle it. But I, I think it's I think it's exciting. I Right off the bat, I've got a list of uh, of ideas of things I would like to cover, and I'm sure you guys do as well. So we're, we're starting out with, you know, a a ton of great ideas to, to get us fired up and get us going with this. I think it'll be a lot of fun, but yeah, I just I, wanted to stress that we were not going to be yet another index show. Cause <laughs> I, 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 I'm starting to agree with Mike. I wonder if maybe that, uh, might be played out a little bit. Well, you know, I like listening to an index show, but I don't think I'd like the lack of flexibility involved with producing right. an index show. I, right. I, I, I've been listening to an index show on the X-Men which started at issue one, and now they're up to the early 100s. And I've been enjoying the heck out of it. But Is that it, is it the Danger Room one? Well, there's actually two. There's uh, uh, X Aspirations, and there's the Danger Room. And I've actually been listening to both on and off. And they're both entertaining in their own way. One is two guys, that's the Danger Room, who are probably in their, I'm guessing, early 40s, maybe late 30s. And they've been reviewing it issue by issue. And then the other one, uh, X Aspirations, is a husband and wife team. 
that has been doing it, and he's familiar with it all, and she is, to- you know, came into it totally oh. unfamiliar <laughs> with it, and and it's been interesting listening to them, and they're kind of funny, so that that's been enjoyable too, and it's like I said, I enjoy listening to them, but the lack of flexibility that would come with doing a show like that, you know, would, would I think it would make it a little bit more of a grind. And you always run that risk too of of losing people if you're starting at the very beginning. Losing the people that might be like, I don't care about that era. I want, I won't want to hear about an era that's you know twenty years later than what you're covering, that sort of thing. So I think by jumping around, you almost almost guarantee that there's going to be something for everyone who is interested in the Avengers doing it that way. Yeah, there's, I think. there's a ton of stuff, and then like you said, if we do spotlight shows, uh, you know, that we could you know you could do a spotlight show where you're just talking about the character in general. Or you could mm-hmm. do a spotlight show where you're talking about the character in a specific arc in that character's series. Like when right. you mentioned Captain America, you know, both things crossed my mind. We could do one where we just t- generally talk about the character and, you know, what's gone on with his history and that type of thing. But I also started thinking, oh, you know, maybe we could do like that uh, Secret Empire exactly, uh, run, yeah. you know, for uh-huh, Cap. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. Or, I mean, or there's even, so much stuff. We could put the call out and maybe one one time we could just, you know... Do a poll. What do they? What do you want? What 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 would the listeners like us to cover? I would be interested in hearing what the listeners would like. I don't want to poll it that oh, if there's enough that you know we're, we're mandated as to what we're going to do. I'd, I'd rather they suggest it, and if we think it sounds good, we do it. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely uh, welcome suggestions as to what the the listeners want to to hear us do, but. Yeah, I also like the idea that we can also, you know, accept or 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 not those <laughs> veto any, yeah, any exactly. suggestion. But just for what it's worth to anybody listening to this, at least for the time being, uh, this is an offshoot of Back to the Bins. So if you want to send any emails about this, uh, I would say send it to backtothebins at gmail dot com. Hey, Michael. Hey, Dad. We need to record another new trailer. Another one? Yes. You know that we read comics and then talk about comics, because as we've established, talking about comics you've not read is just dumb. Yeah, and you make me do it every Thursday. Well, we've moved. Have we? Yes, we have outgrown our old location. I don't feel like I've moved. And we have now moved to twotruefreaks.com. What was that again? Twotruefreaks.com. A-Kids Comics, still every Thursday at twotruefreaks.com. Well, so I guess we should let's jump into the synopsis of the, of the first issue for this show. I have that. And I don't. Will Will I be the official synopsis? I synopsis nerd. Does that mean less work for me and Scott? Yes. Then you're the official I, synopsizer. The synops. <laughs> I am the synopsizer. Listen to me now while synopsizing book. <laughs> yeah, and you have to do each synopsis in a different voice. <laughs> oh man. I don't uh, you, have a you, voice. You, it can be your own, but you have to do it in a voice. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I'll have to steal somebody else's voice. Well, well, for tonight, it's my voice. I don't have any voices prepared. All right. So our first issue on our first show is The Avengers, number one. Cover date, September 1963. On sale, July 2nd, 1963. Is that close to your birthday, Paul? When was your birthday? Uh, I was not quite one yet. My birthday was October of 62. Ooh. <laughs> it's a long time ago. <laughs> Cover price, 12 cents. Ah, the good old days. Cover art is by Jack Kirby and Dick Ayers. 
And on the cover, we have Iron Man, the Hulk, Ant-Man, Wasp, and Thor, and they're all converging on Loki. And Loki is looking at them saying, the Avengers, bah, I'll destroy you all. And Thor responds back, Loki, prepare for battle, biatch. Now, for what it's worth on the cover, does Iron Man look like the least threatening superhero ever? (laughs) He's the Stay Puff Iron Marshmallow Iron Man. He looks like a Twinkie. He's a giant Twinkie. (laughs) That's a big Twinkie. (laughs) He's a a Twinkie with a remote control antenna in his shoulder. Tell him about the Twinkie. (laughs) he's, he's, He's wearing like an iron skirt, first of all. He's he's got his arms. He looks like he can't move, you know, like like he's probably the slowest Oil moving creature ever. Kern, Kern. Do you think he's commando under that skirt? That that all that time until he changed to the next armor, he could have been taken out by just somebody shooting underneath the skirt. <laughs> it's not even any protective armor under there. It's a, it's an actual skirt. <laughs> well, Christ, as we'll see later in the book, he gets taken out by Hulk crushing his battery. Oh, oh, you got my battery. Oh, I'm going to go and get please. another double A. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think Tony went for double Ds. But I'm bumping. Hulk and Thor look good, though. Yes. I actually am a big fan of, uh, of Kirby's Thor. Yes. Uh, I'm a big fan so- of Kirby. I, I'm not, as you know, but however, with this particular issue, I am fully prepared to uh, to praise highly uh, Jack Kirby because there's a good number of panels and, and uh, poses in this particular issue that I like a lot. <laughs> and most of them have to do with Thor. I really like Kirby's Thor, but uh, we'll talk about that afterwards. Yeah, we, I guess I should actually allow Bill to synopsize. No, no, no. no. Hey, don't. <laughs> Jump in. This is this is the non-conformist show. We're just going to do our own thing. We're, we're Good, not I'm going to talk about Batman. Shut up. <laughs> Take your Batman and go home. Back to the Bins presents Batman Spotlight. My favorite <laughs> change the theme right now. <laughs> don't make me get out the. Don't make me get out the frying pan again. Don't make me stop this <laughs> podcast and, <laughs> and come back. Don't make, don't make me turn this podcast around. So, All right, so, I'm sorry. I'll be quiet now. It's so hard to find good life model decoys nowadays. <laughs> and the question is asked, can the combined power of the Avengers defeat the sinister spells of Loki, God of Evil, superheroes, supervillains, super thrills presented in the fabulous Marvel manner? The Coming of the Avengers is the title of our story, written by Stan Lee, drawn by Jack Kirby, inking by Dick Ayers, and the lettering by Stan Rosen. Is it Stan Rosen? I thought it was Stan Rosen, or is it Sam Rosen? I thought it was Sam, but I'm not 100% sure now. I was sure until I asked the question. Well, technically, the book says S. Rosen, but I thought it was Stan. Snossage's Rosen. Lettering by Snossage's Rosen. Well, Wikipedia says Sam Rosen is an American sportscaster, (laughs) so that may not help. So that was him. Okay. So he's going to do a sports cast. And we have Loki on the far side. And he goes to throw <laughs> Thor out at home. And it's, see, safe. No, no. And Hulk is rounding the bases. Oh, whoa, holy cow. All right. Sam Rosen is also the name of the comic book uh, letterer. Died in 1992. He was an American uh-huh. calligrapher. Best known as a letterer from Marvel Comics. That means that he drew maps. I'm smart. <laughs> 
<laughs> he used to do the words by D-Man. <laughs> he was sorry. a calligrapher? Are you sure he didn't do weird sexual acts on... Ro- Wait, never mind. That's calligraphy. Uh, what? <laughs> sure, we gotta, we, you gotta get the explicit tag. I didn't say anything. Explicit. Well, I guess I was titillating and suggestive. Anyway. So... Loki, Loki, a prisoner. Speaking of titillating, this is cutting into my porn time, so get going with the synopsis already. <laughs> Loki, a prisoner on the Isle of Silence, plots his revenge against his enemy, his brother, Thor, the god of thunder. So, if a tree falls on the Isle of Silence, does anyone hear it? Brumpa. <laughs> Thank you. Using his powers of magic, he is able to roam the universe as the disembodied eyes of uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle, the, moo- the moose, the moose, the moose, in the cutscenes between the cartoons. You know what I'm talking about, right? When they, the, the, the lightning hits and they fall yes. and the eyes are there. Okay, never mind. I know it. I don't know if anybody else does. So anyway, as I digress again, which is what I do. Cause, the eyes uh, are really creepy, though. They are it's, creepy. It's, That's it's like to watch you. Well, it's funny you say that because our junior watcher spies on Dr. Don Blake. There in his human guise, but Loki wants Thor and not a pale substitute. Hours later, Loki finds the Hulk leaping through the through, through the southwest. He uses an illusion of dynamite to trick the Hulk into destroying a train trestle as he tries to grab the explosive. The Hulk, seeing an oncoming train, supports the tracks, allowing the train to pass unharmed, but still is blamed for the damage. Loki is sure that this will bring Thor into battle with the Hulk. Young Rick Jones, sometimes companion to the Hulk, reads a newspaper report about the Hulk and contacts the other members of the newly formed Teen Brigade. They decide to contact the Fantastic Four to either save the Hulk or stop him. Unbeknownst to Rick, Loki uses his mental powers again to divert the radio free- the radio signal to another wavelength, one which Don Blake is listening to. Hearing the call for help, Don becomes Thor and heads out. Others have also inter intercepted this mysterious call Henry Pym and Janet Van Dyne also catapult into action on the back of ants to fly to the southwest alright so they're going to use ants to fly to Nevada from New York (laughs) okay what what exactly are they planning on getting there is what I'd like to know meanwhile Tony Stark receives Rick's message as well and is anxious to square off against the Hulk. Using his solar battery, he begins the trek west to the to the conflict. So is that the Prius version of the armor? It's got the solar powered electric car, solar uh, Prius. Anyway. <laughs> it's going well. <laughs> Rick, and, Rick and company are chilling out in the Ham radio enthusiast bachelor pad, waiting for women to come arrive to come around, but they never will. So instead, they get a call from Reed Richards to say that, "Hey, <laughs> we are too busy." But uh, Reed calculates that others picked up the signal, and they will help. If not, radio us back. And since when did Reed become the freaking thinker? Yeah, my calculations are that yeah, somebody else will help you out. Uh, we're just too busy. Rick thinks the FF is passing the buck, which they sound like they are. When they turn to see Thor, Ant-Man, Wasp, and Iron Man all enter the clubhouse. So, a god, two people on ants, and a guy in a solar-powered armor all get there at the same time. This sounds like a bad joke. 
Loki, seeing that too many heroes have arrived, decides to lure Thor, Thor away with some mental Hulk special effects. He leaves the others and gives gives chase only to discover the illusion. Knowing this must be a Loki plot, he heads off to Asgard to punish Loki. However, this is what his scheming brother wants after all. Back on Earth, our remaining heroes set out to look for the Hulk. The Hulk, meanwhile, has taken refuge working with a traveling circus disguised as Meccano, a powerful robot performing feats of strength like juggling elephants and horses. And I hope Peter doesn't find out. During the show... What's that third thing that he's, he's juggling there? It's an elephant, it's a, a horse, seal. and a seal? That yeah, poor thing's going to get crushed in between. <laughs> All right, back yeah. to the synopsis. No, no, no. I just got to point out, that, that clown makeup, you know, this is probably not politically correct, but the first thing I saw when I saw the clown makeup was like, is he, is he Al Jolson? What is he doing there? Yeah. Mammy. 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 I got your elephant. Yeah. I got your elephant. No, it, it's not just you. I thought the same. When okay. I first turned to that, I thought... Ooh, I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> you put those but of course, stars. I brought it up. <laughs> put those little stars on your eyes, put a little white around your mouth. No one's ever going to realize you're the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got the little puffy shoes, too. And he's got off. big pom-poms. How could it possibly be the Hulk? It's just green makeup, really. Uh, during the show, a lone ant munching on, on some popcorn relays this info to Ant-Man. How, how convenient. So this ant's just sitting there. Hey, that looks like the Hulk. You know, I should tell Ant-Man. All right. How does this ant even know who Ant-Man is? It's a smart ant. Smart ant. Uh, uh, the remaining heroes head to the... Okay. The, I mean, there are some leaps of logic here, but it is a 1960s comic. But it's still... <laughs> no, not in a 60s <laughs> Stan Lee book. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> the remaining heroes head to the circus upon a tip from an ant. Upon arrival, Ant-Man directs the ants to weaken the ground. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, Ant-Man directs the ants to weaken the ground below the Hulk, which uh, drastically reduces property values in the nearby area, so they can subdue him. Of course, the Hulk escapes, as always. Hilarity ensues, and the Benny Hill theme, or Yakety Sax, plays while Ant-Man, Wasp, and Iron Man try in vain to capture the Hulk eventually causing the entire circus tent to be ripped away as they take the fight into the desert. In the open, Iron Man is bearing upon is bearing down upon old Jay's jaws when Banner does a top gun move and pops up behind Stark and takes him out by crushing his batteries and gets away. Poor Tony didn't see that coming. Meanwhile, Thor has traveled uh, to Asgard and has asked Odin's permission to go to the Isle of Silence to confront Loki. Fighting through traps of trees, gas, yes, gas, and water, he reaches the shore of the island. Loki stands before him and reminds Thor for whom the island was named, the silent ones who lie below, or the silent but deadly ones who lie below. The trolls. <laughs> yeah, there is gas involved after all. That's why they're called the silent ones. <laughs> As a creepy orange hand reaches for Thor's ankle, Loki tells him that the trolls are in league with him as uh, Loki has promised the God of Thunder to them. As B. Arthur pulls Thor down to a life of servitude below the surface, he is able to summon lightning so bright that the trolls cannot bear it and flee back below. Turning to face his fickle, feisty, Faustian brother, Thor finds a friggin' illusion again. Tired of this crap, he uses the giant propeller power of Mjolnir... Wait, what? 
to blow all of the duplicates and Loki off a cliff, knowing that the real Loki would grab a hold to save his own life. However, Loki threatens to jump anyway, but the ever-resourceful Thor rubs his hammer along the ground, soaking up the magnetic currents <laughs> in order to, st <laughs> to stick Loki to his hammer. You know, I, I feel a little dirty after reading that. Every time I rub my hammer on the ground, all I get is, a, is an abrasion. <laughs> Sandspurs sans or something. Ouch. Thor decides to bring Loki to Earth to others as powerful as he, has, he is. Why? <laughs> Why? Just leave him on the freaking island. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> Meanwhile, on, on, on the Earth, the Hulk leaps past an airliner. Seconds later, Iron Man, violating, violating every FAA or whatever it was called back then, flies in front of the cockpit and talks to the pilots. They say he was headed for Detroit. Oh, no. Not Detroit. He he whizzed by us. Looked like he was heading towards Detroit. Really? <laughs> you could tell exactly where he was going. Well, he's on a north by northeast heading. He used right. his slide rule to figure it out. Give the guy a freaking break. And then Iron Man's like right up next to the cockpit. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I just want to see him smack onto the windshield like a bug. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Finally on the ground, inside a huge auto factory, obviously in Detroit, since it's an auto factory, and uh, I guess the, well, I guess it would be too early for them to be playing Detroit Rock City in the background, but but we can have that as background music while the, uh, while the tire tossing in the factory ensues, and um, Hulk tears up some wonderful machinery and tosses it Iron Man, which somehow is able to reform it into the shape of a grapple. Uh, now, okay, I'm just gonna let that go because usually you, I don't know you'd need a smelt, a smelter, beat the iron down, reshape it, but no, he can just do it with the transistors in his armor. Okay, so he hurls the grapple at the Hulk, sticking him to the wall, to which he falls through. And about that time, Thor arrives with Loki <laughs> stuck to his hammer, and says that the, all these machinations have been at uh, at his brother's behest and. He's the one that framed the Hulk. So Loki decides to go Paul Rogers and be radioactive. It's a radioactive. Radioactive. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Even as Loki speaks, speaks, a horde of ants swarm over a nearby switch as though obeying some silent commands. Oh, I wonder who could be commanding the ants. I have no idea. Oh, and luckily, Loki happens to be standing on the... Um, the trap door where they throw all the uh, where they conveniently store all the radioactive materials. Now, isn't this an auto plant? And why are the radioactive materials? Because not only that, this is where we've <laughs> heard of radial tires, right? Uh, oh, OK, that's it. This is where the this is where the trucks which carry a radioactive wastes from atomic tests dump their loads for eventual disposal in the ocean. <laughs> <sighs> in this world everybody died 50 years ago <laughs> no wonder they you know kaiju came out of the ocean <laughs> oh well wait that wasn't this world that was another one uh so now that loki is going to be non-radioactive in a few minutes because uh, thor says well he can only remain that way for a few minutes they, they say well we'll open it up in a little bit and return him where it belongs 
And they, and they decide that, you know, we've been such, we've worked so good together as a team. Really? Okay. That we, we need to work together more often. We need a name. Like the Avengers or, or nothing. That's it. The Avengers. We'll fight together or separately if need be. And, Mr. and uh, the Hulk turns into Mr. T. I pity the guy who tries to beat us. <laughs> and don't eat my cereal. Hmm, <laughs> I pity the fool who makes fun of my green skin. And Thor says, we'll never be beaten, for we are the Avengers. That is, until the Masters of Evil pummel the shit out of us in our own mansion. <laughs> and thus is born one of the greatest superhero teams of all time. Powerful, unpredictable, brought together by a strange quirk of fate. The Avengers are on the march, and a new dimension is added to the Marvel Galaxy of Stars. And that is that. Wow. And from that, they made that movie that came out last summer. And made a well, billion point three, baby. Well, you or know, I mean, it's something uh, like that. You know, the 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 core of the story is here. Loki, you know, brings them together. Mm-hmm. You know, he he pits the Hulk against them. You know, that's there. You know, if you want to do to do a parallel to the movie, he has. There been. are at least three big parallels that I caught in this. Probably the biggest one being when he turns into Meccano. No, when <laughs> when uh, when the Hulk moves in to beat Loki's ass, he does essentially what he does in the movies. It's almost the same delivery. He says, "Back, back, you human dolt!" He says, "No mortal may lay a hand on Loki." So that's kind of what he does, except the Hulk mm-hmm. does, you know, turn him into a rag doll there and pound the floor with him, which doesn't happen in this, unfortunately. But there were two other instances too that unfortunately I didn't write them down, but uh, they were just little moments that I was like, hmm, that has a parallel with the movie. So I, I thought that was cool. I mean, there's no way they could have done a literal adaptation of this for the movie and not it'd be completely ridiculous. But it was nice that. It, it looks like somebody did dig this out and at least peruse it, you know, making the movie because there there were a couple of little things. As we uh, go back through it, I'll see if I can remember what the uh, what the other two were that jumped out to me as parallels with the movie. Yeah, there's uh, I, I had a few notes, especially on uh, <laughs> with the characterization of Hank Pym and uh, and Janet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's so close to misogynist Hank. I know he's so close to just whacking, just smacking her, just like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't see why we have to stop and we, you have to stop and powder your nose every time we have a mission. Smack. <laughs> it's just an inaudible. That that was the cutscene from scene to scene. That was him backhanding her. <laughs> I mean, do you guys want to do like a front to back? Uh coverage of the of our notes on this or how do you want to how do you want to cover that you want you want to work it through page by page i'm okay with that yeah sure it's only you guys got once the... <laughs> i don't have anything we... for the splash page and yeah, we kind of covered the cover yeah the splash page yeah. is uh kind of a big hook nose there yeah it's, uh, lo- yeah we have loki's nose well, i and can't ever look eye. at something from this era you know especially with the ditko or excuse me not ditko uh, kirby art and everything and especially Kirby's Thor on that splash page. Really, this stuff always takes me back to the uh, the '60s cartoons that they spun out of this stuff. Oh, I don't yeah. think they ever ad- uh, did an adaptation of this particular story, but I know that they did some stories from this era. And so the art's very similar to that show, and it always takes me back to that stuff. That's something I wouldn't mind us covering sometime on uh, on one of our spotlights. Well, I, I know I know they specifically did. Avengers number two, 
the Space Phantom issue, they did that as an episode in the Hulk run. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So that's one we could cover. For I know the they did the one where the I think it's the very first Masters of Evil story. I think the one where uh, was it Pace Pot Pete or one? Who was the guy that had the glue that like glued New York City to a standstill, and the Avengers had to fight him and like the Black Knight and was he and the Trapster of, then, or was he Pace Pot? Maybe Pete it was the trap. Yeah, maybe it was the Trapster. Yeah. And they were using Baron Zemo's whatever it's adhesive X or whatever, and they they sprayed it all over New York and brought the city to a halt. Basically, glued everybody in place is what they did. That story was actually uh, adapted. I think that was in Captain America, if I'm not mistaken. But that is clearly an Avengers story, not a Captain America story. And when when I read books from this era. Uh, for, in my head, the voices I hear are from those cartoons. Oh, I hear, absolutely, yes. I hear Loki's voice, I hear Thor's yeah. voice. Well, have you heard Tom Harris's uh, trailer for Radio Free Asgard? Yeah, yeah. It's it's the in vo- it's in the list. Back to the bins. Yeah, the voice he does for Loki in that ad to me sounds like I mean exactly like Loki from those '60s cartoons. It's like a real. I don't know if he's doing voice. it purposely or not, but what's that? Is it in the cartoon, it was like a real weaselly voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the voice he does. Yeah, I think it's great. I, like I say, I don't know if he's doing it intentionally or not, but it to me, it's it's a dead ringer. I, I really like that. I I just started to listen to that today, so yeah, it's it's. It's pretty good. It's pretty fun. Is it good? I've been yeah. meaning to give it a listen to. I'm trying to get caught up on all my other shows first, but yeah, I need to listen to that because just his, his trailer alone cracks me up, man. It's it's very funny. But from what I found, it looks like it starts at episode 96. So and then he had said something about, I guess the other ones were somewhere else. So ah, uh, okay. So he's got that, that problem Andy had in the early days where he could only have so much up at one time. Then probably. Well, yeah, I think he switched from from what I remember. Uh, I was kind of distracted by listening, but he was saying that he had gone from one one location to another. Um, so they might be up. I think he said some of them were up in, in in another spot for now. But that was 20 episodes ago, so I don't have no idea where he's at right now. Right. Hmm. So Maybe he's a candidate to be invited to the feed sometime. Maybe when we, uh, maybe if we do a Thor Spotlight episode, he'd be a good guest. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be down for that. Scott, you're like the blob of podcasts now. He's like just absorbing everybody. Absorbing, bringing their on. absorbed. Not of the body. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let's see. My first note isn't until. See, my pages are numbered. Oh, that's what we forgot to discuss, fellas. I knew we were forgetting something. What are you guys reading this out of? Now, not all of us can be lucky enough to actually own a copy of Avengers number one, so I am reading mine as a reprint. I'm curious what you guys are looking at for yours as well. I'm I'm looking at it on the DVD, but okay. when you asked about the source material, when, when that subject came up, I assumed that you were talking about not so much where I'm reading it from today, but where I first had access right, to it. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. And I've narrowed it, narrowed it down to two things. Uh, I either first had it in Sons of Origins or in Marvel Team-Up, not Marvel Team-Up, Marvel Tales Annual Number 2, which was like a special origin issue. And it had, uh, it was kind of, kind of the early version of Origins of Marvel Comics. It had the Avengers, the X-Men, Doctor Strange, and I think the Hulk's Origins all in that one issue. 
Mm-hmm. And I had I don't, I don't recall off the top of my head which one it was because I know I I own both, uh, but I don't remember. I, my first access to it was in one of those two though. For either my twentieth or twenty-first birthday, I've been able to narrow it down to one or the other, but I'm not sure which exact one. I was actually in the Air Force and stationed at Griffiths Air Force Base, which is uh, in just outside Rome, New York, um, basically center in New York State. Base doesn't exist anymore. But anyway, I was stationed at that base, and for one of the two of those birthdays, my girlfriend at the time did one of the coolest things anybody's ever done for me for my birthday. She actually sent money to my LCS so that when I got there to buy my comics for that week, I would actually have extra money just for my birthday, which was really, really cool. So I got there, and it just happened to be like the perfect timing because they had just bought this huge collection and two of the books that they bought that they had, uh, that they immediately put on sale were the origins books. So I got the original, um, I'm trying to remember what the name of that one is. Origins of Marvel comics. Is that Mm -hmm. the name of it? I got that one and I got sons, uh, son of origins of Marvel comics. That's what I'm holding in my hand right now. As a matter of fact, they were six bucks a piece. First print, beautiful condition. So I have a first print, uh, Son of Origins of Marvel Comics by Stan Lee. Gorgeous painted cover on this by John Romita. Yes. And it's got, uh, it's just gorgeous. It's got Iron Man is front and center on it, but then it's also got Daredevil, Marvel Girl, uh, Silver Surfer, Scarlet Witch, Nick Fury, and uh, and The Watcher. Whoa. That's gorgeous creepy. cover. Yeah, and it's, but it's cool <laughs> because it's like such a diverse... Uh, selection of, of characters on this cover, you know? I mean, at this time, none of these guys were really, like, the primary guys. You know, you don't have your 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 Spider-Man or your Cap or your Thor, so this really fired my imagination as a kid picking this up because it was like, well, you know, I kind of know who these guys are, but I certainly hadn't ever read their origins. I, I ha- didn't go that far back. To my knowledge, this is the very first time I ever read Avengers number one. It, it's beautifully reprinted in here. The color really pops in this book. But what's cool about it is that each one of the stories in here is introduced by Stan Lee, where he goes into the the whys and wherefores and, and how he came up with the character or the book or whatever. And in this particular case... To hear him tell it, Avengers number one, it's essentially it was a no brainer. People kept writing in saying, all right, you've got all these cool characters. Why don't you throw them on a team together? So he did. And that's where the Avengers were born. But what's cool, what was really neat about this is that you look at this issue and you think, you know, this is a very strange selection of Marvel characters to throw together. That was the idea. That's exactly why he did it. He figured, you know, take a couple of the big guys like Iron Man and, and Thor then throw him a curveball by throwing the monster at him in the form of the Hulk, and then throw a bigger curve at him by throwing in basically two useless characters in Ant-Man and the Wasp. That I think even Stan realized, these guys are just goofballs. It's like, what the hell use is a guy that can shrink to the size of an ant? Yet somehow they made it work, and, and you get this classic team out of it. But uh, it's it's just funny to listen to the way he tells the story. is is a lot of fun. But also at that time, I think that was the majority of their characters. If you yeah. consider the fact that they didn't want to put Spider-Man onto the Avengers for you know the longest time, Fantastic right. Four was already a team, 
and the X-Men was already a team. So it really didn't leave them a lot more characters that they didn't use. Uh, That's I just, true, yeah. The, the interesting thing to me as far as the character selection is this came basically right on the heels of them canceling the Hulk series. And I think the writers of a series like this love to have a character that doesn't have their own series because then they're not constrained by what's going on in that series. Mm-hmm. But it very quickly after this, I'm pretty sure the Hulk was in this one in the second issue. He quits at the end of the second issue, but then he's still in the third issue. I think around that time he already started his Tales to Astonish run. Mm-hmm. And that's why they didn't want to use him in here anymore. Right. See, yeah. to me, I you know, maybe I'm tipping my hand too early because we, we still have yet to go through the issue proper. I enjoy this, but I enjoy it almost as a guilty pleasure. I, I think it's incredibly silly. I think it has great leaps in logic. I don't think the story flows naturally whatsoever, but it is a hell of a lot of fun. But to me, I mean, the true origin of the Avengers, to my mind, will always be Avengers number four, because that, I think, is where it's more of a classic story, if you know what I mean. It's it's more of a story that everybody looks back to to go, okay, here's kind of where the Avengers really got going, because that's where they found Cap. And Cap, to everybody's mind, is kind of always that de facto leader of the team. Even when he's not the leader of the team, he's still kind of the leader of the team. So... I always look back to number four really as, as like, you know, that, that big moment, but this one's fun to look at just to see almost, it's almost like a, what if story? Like what if they'd kind of gone forward with this lineup? Because like you say, the Hulk quickly drops out to, to a point to where a lot of people, uh, like say my age getting into the Avengers may not have ever realized that he ever even was an Avenger. I didn't know that it, for the longest time. I had no idea that the Hulk had ever been an Avenger. And then to find out not only was he, but he was one of the founding members, but he's only hangs around for a couple of issues. So it's, it's strange. It's, it's well, at, really at time. Wasn't, uh, I think uh, Iron Man was only partially in tales of suspense. And wasn't mm-hmm. Ant-Man well, it does, and Tales of Astonish? It does predate Captain America sharing Tales of Suspense with him. And I right. could be wrong on this, but I think what they did was originally when he was in Tales of Suspense, he would take up about two-thirds of the issue, and then they'd just have a short backup feature. And then eventually it, it became a true half-and-half half once uh, Cap took over the second half of the book. Right. And then, yeah, because... Oh, same sorry, thing same thing with Ant-Man and Wasp when the Hulk started splitting that until they finally decided, you know what, Scott is right, these characters are all lame. So even, why don't we put the Submariner in there instead? Right. <laughs> Scott yeah. hates him too, but but what are we going to do? Oh, I don't hate him. I just think he's – I I just ne- have never understood the appeal. But I, I don't truly hate any of the characters. On some level, they all entertain me. It's just, you know, some are just naturally cooler than others. I've never understood the appeal of shrinking characters, but I, I know I've gone on that tirade before, so I won't go into that very much. But if somebody out there could ever explain to me exactly what is the appeal, I mean, beyond the obvious that, yeah, it's a neat concept. I mean, it's a neat idea that, gee, wouldn't it be fun if you could shrink down to the size of a, an action figure and you know, get no. into that tight space <laughs> or slip under the, the door into the girl's locker room or something. But beyond that, explain <laughs> to me the use as, of that person 
on a team that has Superman or Thor, what the hell use is the guy that shrinks down to the size of an action figure when you have a god on your team? But I think, <laughs> I think, I think Stanley went out of his way to make him useful in this issue for exactly that reason. Mm-hmm. That that he had him, you know, basically be the one who finally uh, traps, you know, traps Loki with his communication with the ants. <laughs> and he had his little guy Antonio the ant hanging out at the at the circus, telling him where to go. And plus, obviously, ant travel is as fast as God travel, cross country. Yeah, that's yes. Yeah, How many ants not... did they kill? How many ants did they kill to <laughs> exactly. get there? Exactly. I'm sc- I, you know, we're All right, these are burnt ahead, out. Give me two right. more ants. <laughs> Cuz she says, you know, why the she basically says, "Why do I have to ride an ant?" And he says that he doesn't want her to be exhausted when they get there. We've got what a thousand about miles to ant? And 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 no nobody's <laughs> really in that much of a rush to get there. So we'll, we'll go by ant travel, so we'll be there in about a month. And uh, Iron Man, you know what? There's no reason to get on a plane or use your jets or anything. You could just use solar power and go like the speed of a slow car. Yeah, <laughs> that was my he's... first thought with, with him flying there with solar power. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. This is billionaire industrialist Tony Stark. Surely he has a jet. <laughs> you don't want to waste your battery. Because, you know what? Couldn't you just fly there as fast as possible and then recharge and still get to the Hulk quicker that way with a full battery? I mean, here's a I'm guy who's thinking... recharged himself off a freaking cigarette lighter in a car. <laughs> I'm thinking there actually should have been one more Avenger who just walked there and still met up <laughs> with Professor X. <laughs> he rolls up at the same time that everybody else shows. <laughs> Tires are on fire. You have you have like a slug man <laughs> who slithered across the country. Sloth man, sloth man comes hanging down out of the ceiling. Hey guys, I met where you going? Oh, I'm picturing like you know with Iron Man heading over there. I'm picturing it like in Family Guy. You know, all right, I'm gonna go there with my my solar power, and then you just see him like very, very slowly creeping across the screen. <laughs> uh, he doesn't even he doesn't even get out of New York before it gets dark. He basically <laughs> <It's> a stop. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> all right, I guess I gotta find a place to sleep. I'll head over there tomorrow. And gets to Jersey. All right, I gotta rest again. <laughs> He has to carry a he has to carry a sun lamp plugged into his armor over his armor the power his armor so he can travel at night. <laughs> they even show him when he's flying like you you could see he's, he's flying like two above, feet off the ground. Yeah, he's flying above on the, the highway on the above the highway and he's not passing the cars. <laughs> Get out of the road! <laughs> All right, I don't know if this is working as far as going it page by page though. It's, I'm having a riot though. I don't care. <laughs> Um, we can we can back up. Let me see. The only, the first note that I've really got is the Hulk supporting the train track. I love that. I have that before that awesome. though. Hmm? I have I have some a couple of notes before that. First of all, like on the second page of the story, uh, there's the scene. You know, there's, there's basically Loki's creepy eyes following him. But look, right. look look at them in the scene where he he just took care of the little boy. <laughs> first of all the kids the kids in there to be he's obviously sick but 
he finishes off with hit a few homers to the, in the today's game for me, Bobby. So that's good doctor's advice. You're sick. Go out and play baseball. But <laughs> but look in that particular shot. Look at the eyes. They look like they're angry at him. Bah. <laughs> then then it goes on. Prepare to meet Mister Angry Eye. So yeah, exactly. Don Rickles <laughs> should do the voice. So so he he puts the illusion of of some sticks of dynamite on the train trestles. And then the Hulk leaps down to take them off. But by then ha- having that illusion disappear, he totally destroys the entire track. Why didn't he just... I mean, was he going <laughs> to smash he... into it to begin with? Yeah, really. Just so, so there isn't this thing that's about six inches above the track isn't there, so you totally destroyed it. Uh, you know, I could understand maybe it threw you off a little. You cracked one of the wood support beams or something. But look at the, how it collapsed underneath him. Well, maybe the Hulk has no depth perception. Yeah, apparently he's got none at all. <laughs> he's he's myopic. He needs some glasses. Oh, sorry, Hulk smashed. Uh, Hulk not have. And how did the train not hit him in the head? Poof, poof, poof. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so now we're up to the train trestle supporting him. So you can go. No, I just just that that panel alone. Um, you know, it's the second panel at the top of the page. I just think that's awesome. He he's doing like the you know uh, who is it that supports the Earth in in mythology? Atlas, yeah, Atlas supporting the Earth. That's that's the stance that he's got, as literally a, an express train drives across his shoulder blades. I just think that's really cool. It's a really nice panel. Um, I think I've taken a lot of crap over the years uh, about Kirby. Like I've done nothing but but badmouth him. I haven't. I actually have a lot of respect for Kirby. He's not my favorite artist, but I mean, I do respect the guy. And I just want to point out here the parts where I really, really dig it. That's one of the panels. I think that's fantastic. I, I, I really like that a lot. I think it's cool. I agree. On that same page, the newspaper has the Hulk attacking the train on the front and back page. So I guess it also counts as sports. <laughs> Is this the best plan in the world? I mean, it seems to me that a lot of Stan Lee villain plans from this era were incredibly convoluted plans like this. Why doesn't Loki just put Jane Foster in danger? Wouldn't that pretty much guarantee that that Blake's going to turn into Thor? Instead, he goes way the hell out of his way. You know, this incredibly convoluted plot simply to get Blake to turn into Thor and head to Asgard. Put put Sif in danger, if were she even introduced at this point, I'm not sure. But surely there was something different he could have done to get this transformation to occur that wouldn't even touch on the Hulk or any of this other stuff. It, it's a very bizarre plan. In my room, I have a gun. We'll get it. We'll kill them. It'll be fun. Come on. <laughs> So, yeah, bottom of the page, middle panel, where Rick Jones is talking. Uh, does that look like Peter Weller for the Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai? <laughs> yes, it does. Red Electroids, evil, plain and simple. <laughs> On the bottom the of that next page, is that a double-barrel shotgun that Ant-Man is preparing to shoot himself out of? Because that's sure what it looks like. Oh, it's his double catapult. Get in the ants in there too. 
No, they just jump one of the ants as they go by. Oh, okay. So they shoot out of the catapult onto the back of flying ants. Now, just above that, I think Kirby made a mistake because he has Don Blake tapping the hammer to become Thor. But I think when he ha- when the hammer changes, it's upside down. Mm-hmm. It is upside down. I'm pretty down. sure when he taps it, the, the actual mallet part of it is supposed to be at the top. Mm-hmm. You're right. Because isn't it turning it upside down and stamping it twice that makes the lightning come down or something like that? If you stamp it three times, it becomes magnetic, and four times it creates a little uh, love potion. You've got to rub it on the floor to make it magnetic. That was at the point where where Kirby really just didn't know what to make of the whole power of Thor, and, and he was coming up with just new stuff for him all the time. Yeah, I've been you reading know, that stuff lately, and yeah, it, there's no consistency issue to issue on on the stamps. Well, plus, at, at some points he would have, if if Thor took the hammer with the head up, you know, and just stamped the uh, the hilt of the hammer on the ground once, he would turn back into Blake. But if he did it twice. It would. Uh, it did something like summon lightning or wind or something, and I'm thinking, wait, 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 wait. But if you didn't if do it fast enough, he turned back to Blake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you do it one time, you turn back to your your mortal form. So how the hell do you ever get to the second one? That's kind of like double clicking twice. on the computer. You have to yeah. do it really fast. Yeah, have to do it really fast. <laughs> double tapped. And uh, so I guess Loki can redirect radio waves. Using his mental powers. He's got a little whirlwind around them. And make them turn at 90 degree angles. <laughs> I guess. Go to that radio. Now, in what you guys are looking at, is Tony Stark's hair colored red in yours? Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's kind of reddish. It, he's a ginger. I, Do you notice I, you notice he's got little his little Iron Man socks on the floor as he's getting dressed? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fresh out of the dryer. Hold on, I, I got my Iron Man skirt, and then I have to put on my, my Iron Man pantyhose. <laughs> For support. For solar support. <laughs> okay, hold on, now I'm flying across the country. <laughs> Down to the bottom oh. of that page. Oh no, cloud, cloud! <laughs> now, down at the bottom of that page, the shot of Rick on the think- left... And the I, guy behind him. Well, that's that's well, that's what I was going to get to. First, the shot of Rick. I think Kirby did a really good job of showing like the way somebody would be excited if Mister Fantastic came on the line like that. So I thought that was kind of cool. But the kid behind him is young Jack Kirby. Yeah, he is. Ah. And then there's Archie Andrews on the side. <laughs> yeah, that guy, he's got evil eyes. But that is what Kirby's eyes look like, though. He had the the bushy eyebrows and the. That kind of creepy stare like that. So, yeah, it is. That is definitely Kirby. That's funny. I don't know if he intended that to be a self-portrait of what he looked like when he was younger, but from the pictures of him when he was older, that's definitely what I think he would have looked like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Because he looks like a young, like, Dan Turpin or something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the next panel, we know that Ben Grimm gets mic fright every time he... He has to use the microphone. <laughs> I guess there's no karaoke for Mr. Grimm. I think it's kind of cool that they worked the EFF into the book, though. I love uh, stories from this era where they would. They would just randomly throw in you know, a connection with another. Like, uh, what's that Iron, uh, Spider-Man story 
I think it was an annual where he loses his powers. And like in the, on the course of like a page and a half, like Thor f- flies by and somebody else swings by. I think the FF go by and see him and they're like, yeah, oh, look at that kooky Spider-Man can't even climb a building or something. You know what I'm talking about? Vaguely. I love that. I love that story, you know, because it, it is, it's, it, it just touches on all these other characters because they do all live in the same city. You would think that it would happen like that. And in the early days it, it did, they were constantly kind of bumping into each other and it might not come to anything as far as like a true team up, but it would kind of touch on the fact that, well, they live there too. And I, I love that. I, there's something about those old, you know, the, the early Marvel stories like that, that I really get a kick out of. I just want to point out that at the bottom of that page, that is not how a projector works. <laughs> Unless you're flat, man, that's not going to work. Yeah, I have weird they, science written down on my notes. And it's a projector, like a movie projector. Yeah, it's a light bulb. And, yeah, so <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp get inside of it, stand behind the lens, and because the light shines on their backs, well, at the most... you would see would just be a silhouette. That's yeah, you'd, all you'd, you should see. Well, you know, finger puppet up on the up on the street. But instead, you get them in color. You get their face. You get a, a dead on face. No, that doesn't work that way. They're not well, maybe transparent. Stop well, acting like there's... a lovesick female and slip behind <laughs> this lens with me. I'll adjust it so it'll project our images on the wall. So that's, that's how he explained it. That's it. Done. Okay. When I had a, <laughs> when I was a kid, I had a projector like this. I can't remember if it was Viewmasters or if it was little 8mm film or what it was. But if you left it sit there too long on one side, it would burn the image up. (laughs) So they should be dead. Wasp has third degree burns from Hank's stupid idea. (laughs) They're so so small, they're translucent. So that's why they can project their image. I love it to stop acting like a lovesick female. Uh, you see that gorgeous Thor? How can I ever make him notice me? Yeah, hey, come into this projector. Now, here, now that you're burning like hell, <laughs> you shut up about ah, You Thor, like Thor right? now? Huh? Huh? I, the panel above it, Iron Man's doing like kind of a little ballet move. Hey, he's like leaning in. How you doing? Hey, hey. hey lads. <laughs> lads, yeah, he calls everybody lads in this one. I do like uh, the way Thor looks like he's twice the size of all these kids, because Thor should be twice the size of kids. Mm-hmm. I want to see the guy that's pointing Ant-Man and the Wasp, have him not say, hey, look, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp, and just get a can of Raid. <laughs> <laughs> we have an infestation. How the hell does Thor, Thor, who, as you pointed out, is twice the size of everybody else, how the hell does Thor slip out unnoticed? <laughs> Quietly. <laughs> and why does he slip out unnoticed? Because he saw right. the Hulk. That They're all there for the Hulk. Why, would, why wouldn't he just say, hey, there's the Hulk? <laughs> because yeah, exactly. it was no need for, for me to disturb the others. <laughs> because he's cocky. And let me explain to the thin air about how I hurl my mighty hammer and hold on to the unbreakable thong. Thor, you know what? No one wants to hear about your thong. <laughs> That should have been a fight right there. The Incredible Herc, the yeah, Herc, the Incredible Hulk versus the Unbreakable Thong. <laughs> well, he's kind of wearing the Unbreakable Thong right then. <laughs> Reminds me of this girl I knew once. So we go on to Meccano. <laughs> what? You know what? I'm going to try and hide from everybody. So let me pretend to be a giant robot <laughs> in a in a show that's attracting hundreds of people every night. 
And what kind of hat is that woman wearing in that red dress with the, what Scott, kind of jewelry? Who, mean, wears, who wears that jewelry to the to the circus? Is it, <laughs> are are they people there to see the circus or are they performers? Ah, uh, hmm. Because the guy Wasn't says this... we've been sold out every night of the week, so I think he's, you know, I think they they work there. Uh, well, I think this was yeah. retconned at one point to 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 make I this was... the uh, ringmaster circus, circus of circus prime. Of yeah, I was just yeah. gonna say that exact thing. Yeah, that's funny. You read my mind. I, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, because going back to reread this, I I I had that thought in my head, and when it didn't pop up, I was like, wait a minute. And I thought he was in. Yeah, he was in the circus of crime. Maybe that was in the one and a half issue that they came out with. I'm not sure. Long could be, yeah, yeah. It, it, that that kind of rings a bell. Real real quick before we get to the bottom of that, hey, I got a note on the bottom of that page. If you go back just a little bit, when Thor throws his hammer at the Hulk, and then he realizes it's just an illusion because the Hulk fades away. Uh, he does one of those things that always drives me crazy in stories like this. He says. Uh, only Loki is capable of such wizardry. You mean casting illusions, Thor? Only Loki, really? Only or... Loki and about 45 other people who have yeah, already or... been introduced in the first two years <laughs> that we've been in publication. Or Mesmero, or Marvel Girl, or Professor X, or, yeah, like you say, about 40 other people I can think of. So, yeah, or, absolutely. Yeah. Or, or Hank Pym, the... he, could, he could take the projector <laughs> and do it. Thor looks a little tired at the top of the next page. <laughs> He's had a rough trip across country. Thor's got his bedroom eyes. Adrian, <laughs> you know? I did it! <laughs> but you know what? Let me just go back to Asgard. The hell with all these. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what he does. I gotta that go. Oh, I, I, oh, I love it. And at the, the bottom of that just... next page, though, I like where uh, where Ant Man orders the hands. It's just. Dig directly below the performer. Weaken the ground. Cause a cave-in. Quickly. I think that should be abbreviated to kill yourselves. Quickly. Because... <laughs> How many valiant as... ants gave up their lives? Yeah. <laughs> An ant just... that was smart enough to watch a circus and pick the Hulk out of the performers. And you're going to sacrifice that ant? Look, look, look at the you. picture. They actually have the ant, and then they have an arrow to him, unnoticed by the host. <laughs> One tiny ant watches, watches his, his act, act, and then... <laughs> One of my armies is ants. <laughs> and again, we have Hank Pym, misogynist. Don't you ever <laughs> think of anything except, quiet, there's a circus now. I've got to beam some instructions ahead to kill the, so the ants can kill themselves. If she irritates him this badly, why doesn't he just pull her wings off and leave her behind? I guess that's why he smacks her years from now. It took <laughs> a long time to smack her. This has been long coming. <laughs> shut, shut up or you'll get another. <laughs> You've had this coming for a long time. Keep talking about uh, Thor. Uh, Keep talking. <laughs> Tell me again about Thor. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid lovesick female. These ants are heavy duty, man. They actually carry that steel cylinder all the way up the pole in the big top to drop it on the Hulk. Now, I know ants are supposed to be like what they can carry like a hundred times their own weight or something, but Jesus. I mean, that's quite the feat. Did you ever see that on Saturday Night Live with the original cast when they did the superheroes and Garrett Morris was Ant Man? 
Yeah. And he's they were like, what's your power? Well, I can shrink to the size of an ant, but I keep the strength of a normal human. Ooh, the strength of a normal human. <laughs> they all start like acting like, you know, ooh, I'm quaking in my boots. He's got the strength of a normal man. <laughs> That's my point. So you're making my point for me. Oh, I agree. That's why they had to make him into giant man. See, I that one I get. I can un- the the ones that grow to to freakish proportions. Those ones I understand because then you're ginormous. You're bigger than everybody else. You can step on them like ants. That I understand. Or you need turning yourself else. into an ant and getting stepped on. That I don't understand. You need something else like the wasp had. You know, she would get wings and she could fly, and she had like those electro stingers. That I can she understand. She had something well. else. Yeah. It wasn't just shrinking and wearing a stupid ant helmet. Well, you know what so it really not only, oh, I'm sorry, go is, ahead, Bill. Is if you had been, when you grew to giant size, you still had the strength of a normal man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm 30 feet tall, but I have the strength of a six-foot man. <laughs> yeah, you try to pick up a car. <laughs> all right, all right. <sighs> Hold on for I mean, me. I, I guess I could understand I got this, that if I got you were this. like... You know, if you're the size of, you know, a, a, a pinhead, but you've got the strength of a normal human being, so you go, like, in somebody's ear or up their nose or something and punch them in the brain. <laughs> okay, I can understand that. Yeah, you know? Okay, that's kind of cool. But the rest of it, I mean, I, no. <laughs> no. Uh, release the cylinder, my tiny warriors. Has the wasp come back yet? Yeah. Yes. Yes, she did just recently. I think uh, oh, Bendis, Bendis brought her back at the end of his run. So she, that, she got know. zapped into a parallel universe or something. Yeah, it was See, almost like a, like a Micronauts universe. It was like a Baron Karza type character. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Was it Karza? No. No. It was just a but it was, it, I think it was Karza, but they don't have the rights to Karza. That's what I think. Oh, okay. Well, it's funny because they can use like Arcturus. What's his name? Arcturus, Ron. Arcturus. And, uh, well, because he yeah. was the original creation. Oh, okay. He, you know, he was not part of the uh, the comic, uh, or part of the toy line, rather. So I was getting caught up on Guardians and all those goings on recently with the cosmic stuff. One of the things it crossed over into that I ended up reading was one of those god awful Planet Hulk tie-in things, like. I think it was Scar, Son of Hulk, or some crap like that. But the the one redeeming quality of it was it had Ron and Minuet in it, or whatever her name is. Their uh, Spinneret or Minuet, or what? You know who I'm talking about? His yeah, girlfriend yeah. from the Micronauts? Mar- Marionette. Marionette, that was it. They were together in that. I thought that was pretty cool, because I had no idea that Marvel could still use them. I didn't realize they were... I mean, I knew Bug was an original creation, but I thought all the rest of them, I actually, I thought they were based on figures. So that was, I thought that was kind of cool. That's a, that's a shame they can't use uh, cars. I always thought he was neat because he's basically like the Darth Vader of their universe. So I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, I, I always figured you know the, the toy line is out, and like why can't they just buy the rights to it at this point? Like you you wouldn't think it would cost that much, you know? I don't understand why they don't. With several properties, you know, I've I've, I've beat Rom to death, but Rom's the obvious one. Rom, Micronauts. Um, there's a couple other ones like that too, like the Shoguns and a couple other different ones. It's like 
you can't even reprint your own damn stories. So why why not just shell out? It's not like they can't afford it. So I, I don't. Yeah, I'm mystified about that as well. Unless they just figure that there's not enough, you know, there's not enough there to recoup. But I'm thinking, not only say like uh, like Rom for example, not only because you then reprint your stuff from that, but I'm still of the opinion that you could do a kick-ass movie. And I think if Guardians proves to be a hit as a movie, man, I sure hope they want to expand that universe. And it seems like Rom would be a good direction well, they to did. go with expanding they that did. They called it They Live. <laughs> yeah, that's right? a good point. I mean, isn't, isn't it basically the same premise? I never really thought of it before, but you're absolutely right. You, when you think about it, yeah, it, it is. Essentially, that was Rom. Is that... Uh, yeah, you had uh, what's his name, Roddy Rowdy, going around. He was the only one that could see the the people that had infiltrated the human race, and he took him out. Yeah, that's essentially Rom. Rom was the same damn thing. He was the only one that could use his uh, analyzer to see that people weren't really people and take him out. But everybody else thought he was murdering people. That's the same. It is essentially the same mm-hmm. damn story, isn't it? I had never really thought about it before, but you're right. Wow, there should be like a Rom uh, They Live crossover with him and Roddy Roddy Piper like running out of bubblegum and kicking ass. I'd love that shit, man. That'd be awesome. That'd be the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> now, this page here where uh, the Wasp is fighting the Hulk, which is just, Jesus, what a ridiculous concept. Luckily, there happens to be a bellows here. I'll just use this to catch you. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't th- th- These days, wouldn't he just use his own, like, version of super breath essentially to do the same thing or he'd slap his hands together oh yeah yeah yeah. i always like when he does that she uses my absolute number one most hated comic book cliche line how can anything so big move so fast now maybe it wasn't a cliche back in these days you know because this is just 63 but i have come to absolutely hate that over the years I've read that same line about 10 billion times in comics over the years. And I, I think there needs to be a, a moratorium on it now. Yeah. I, I really can't stand that one. The, uh, in the panel just before she does that, the ant in the foreground looks kind of bored. <laughs> well, the circus is over. The circus got broken up. <laughs> you know what he's, he's Actually, he's probably not bored. He's probably being belligerent. He's probably saying, go dig something that's going to crush you. And he's like, screw you, Henry. I'm staying right here. I ain't going <laughs> like anywhere. You, in fact, that one behind thousand... you is going to cut your legs off right now. <laughs> you killed What's our that? friends, you bastard. <laughs> Does that look like Henry's like combing its hair or something, though? There's some sort of like strings coming up off of its head or something right there. Uh, maybe it's just in my book. Yeah, it's I don't weird. see that. But uh, oh, what was the one I had? Oh, my next one's way beyond this. If you guys got anything else. I uh, just, you know, I noticed Iron Man's skirt in the next page. <laughs> and there's another Ant moment. Again, Stan Lee going out of his way to give Ant-Man credit because the ant set up the net when he tries to jump out. Nylon safety netting. Yeah. Well, and they then... try to make... Oh, I'm sorry. As you say, then then the Hulk just owns Iron Man. Well, they try to make it sound here like, all right, so the Hulk gets wrapped up in the netting, but then when he jumps, the power of his jump is so powerful, he actually just rips up the net and flies away with it. Well, nobody seems to be taking into accounting the fact that it's not just a circus tent. 
there's like these giant poles and stuff that hold all that stuff up. So where does that stuff? Does it just fall and kill innocent people? And killed, killed a lot of ants. <laughs> a lot of ants were hurt in the, in the making of this comic book. We salute them. <laughs> and this thing was that's that's your ant imitation. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what an ant sounds like. <laughs> Best I can do. Does it seem like the Hulk can just choose when he wants to drop out of the sky suddenly? <laughs> yeah, the way, the way they did it in here, he does. Just all, I mean, he's hes supposed to be leaping, not flying, but it he does seem like he has... Air, he did the Top Gun air brake maneuver. <laughs> he fired his retros? He fired his retros, stopped himself, Iron Man went right by him, he jumped up behind him and crushed his battery. Well, because Iron Man uh, is going about solar power. <laughs> Damn it! I'm in the shade again. I, I like. I, I like the, the way. Uh, I like the way Odin looks in these panels. Yeah, I think he looks very regal and and you know majestic. Yeah, he does. My helmet he wings does. are bigger than yours. <laughs> I noticed that that except for Thor, and this is the funny thing because Thor is the star of all these Asgardian tales, but except for Thor. Kirby really did, I think, try to portray these guys, you know, the the other Asgardians, as more uh, Nordic, you know, and more looking like you would think a Viking would look like and not so much looking like a superhero. Mm -hmm. And I like that, especially his Odin. But it's funny, I never noticed this stuff as a kid, but you watch those old 60s cartoons, and because all of the images that they use were piecemealed, from dozens and dozens of comic books uh, and different issues, when Thor goes to Asgard and speaks with Odin, Odin's look will constantly change from scene to scene. He has different helmets, different eyewear, all kinds of different things that go on with him. And it's really bizarre when you take notice of it that literally from panel to panel, he would change outfits. It's like... What the hell's going on with this? It's it's very jarring. I thought he was but just a fickle female. Yeah, he just likes to change his clothes. <laughs> like the wasp. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I don't have anything until way later when, uh, when Thor smashes out of the ice, and all I've got on that is I think that's an awesome image, so I don't know what you guys might have before that. Yeah, I'm... I'm actually, I don't have a lot until then either, uh... I, I I do like the B author troll though. That very first panel with the troll fully revealed where he's hugging Thor. Yes. I, I know you guys haven't ever met him in real life, but that is actually exactly what Chris Honeywell looks like. <laughs> I've I've met Chris. Uh, oh, that's right. I'm sorry, Bill, yeah. you have, doesn't he? <laughs> okay, I've seen enough right. photos <laughs> to know. <laughs> Although yeah, I didn't think of Chris, yeah. <laughs> he really does. Down to the shorts and everything. Down to the hairy back. Yeah. <laughs> that's him. Now, I'm not a big fan of ret, uh, retcons. You know, going back to classic stuff and, and tinkering with it at all. But if they wanted to go back and make this an internet troll, I'd be perfectly down with that. <laughs> he would have this a thing keyboard. with the... <laughs> Why? He would have a keyboard or something. <laughs> He's beating Thor with a keyboard. That That actually works. I like that idea. Now, this thing with Loki forming himself into all these different... Aren't these supposed to be illusions? Yeah. 
So yeah. why would they blow away in a storm? Why, why would they have any substance? Yeah. I, I tried to to figure that out. I, I had the same note, and what I come what I came up with is he blew Loki away, and when he blew Loki away, the images went with him, and that's why he's hanging off the cliff at the end. You know, after that. Well, maybe Does that make any sense? Were, well, maybe the illusions were so real that they react to the environment like they're supposed to. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Hey, I just, look, I, I can I've rub seen... his hammer on the ground. And I can <laughs> rub my hammer on the ground, make it magnetic, and then with that magnetic pull, pull something that's not metal to me. To Loki's pants. Blong. Yeah, his, his panties what are the... made out of something. Yeah, he's got, of and when, he, when he's being attracted, it looks like he's wearing like leopard skin panties, too. <laughs> I have you it's now. Like and then, yeah, I think you hit it on the head, Bill, with why take him to Earth at that point? Wouldn't you take him back to Odin? Yeah. With noble Odin's permission, I shall bring you to Earth. There you will find others who are waiting for you, others almost as powerful as I. So I'm going to bring you down where you're going to immediately get free and turn radioactive. <laughs> Good plan, Thor. <laughs> he's not a great thinker, man. Yeah, clearly. He's, he, he's muscle. So I I, I kind of like the artwork in the uh, in the auto factory. Yes, I like the way oh, yeah. he draws the Hulk, and I like the way he draws it looking so busy. The top of the white, next, those hmm? those white sidewall tires. <laughs> That's a good Rangels. shot, though. But but you you also hit on another one of my points, Bill, with the, with the, when he made turns that thing into a grapple. <laughs> He, he, first of all, he turns it into like a perfect grapple, you know, as if it was manufactured that way. But the metal is so malleable that he's able to do that, and yet it pins the Hulk to the wall, and the Hulk can't like bend it to get out. He has to break the wall down. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just heated up real quick and 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 cooled it down real quick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. On the top of that panel with the Hulk, where he's got that. Uh... I don't even know what to call that. He's he's using it like a slingshot. There's uh, there's something just disturbing and far too phallic about that entire picture. <laughs> you know, I hadn't noticed that's, that until now. That's not right. <laughs> well, even, even the next panel closer. is kind of phallic. Ah, uh, now when, when it hits into Iron Man, it's kind of phallic. Also, <laughs> it's it looks like he's ready to launch. <laughs> and he did. Well, then when he's laying oh, there, right. next page when he's laying in the rubble and the grapple's over him, and there's something green sticking up out of the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Come closer. A little closer. Once I get my arms around you, even that iron suit won't help. Won't help you. <laughs> Against my giant green phallic thing in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> and then Thor breaks it up. Stop! <laughs> he's still got Loki attached to his hammer, <laughs> I How think it should that be work? his ass stuck to it would be hilarious. Well, he is an it ass is... guardian. Ooh. Oh, God. But it is. It's, it's his back. Is there something? Well, I guess there might be something metal on his back. And that, that next panel, it looks like he has, like, chain mail on or something. So I just thought it was like a yellow flowery thing. <laughs> why does, kind why of like does Iron... Why does Iron Man care that... <laughs> That, that that Loki's radioactive. Isn't he wearing an iron suit? Couldn't he be filtering out that radiation? He's got to cook in that thing like a TV dinner. Yeah, but he's got the iron kilt. 
that you know the iron kilt. A, a true <laughs> true Iron Man doesn't wear anything under his iron kilt, so he'd be exposed. He's got a, he's he well, he's gotta protect little Tony. Can't That's have any it. any any iron babies. That's it. He's he's concerned about his uh yeah. <laughs> and it and it and again Ant Man is off to the side telling the ants who are now dying from radiation poisoning. <laughs> Yeah, go over there. Congratulations. Everybody in this comic is now sterile. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're all concerned about uh, Loki being locked into this thing and hopefully over time losing his radioactivity. Well, yeah, probably because isn't he going to suffocate to death? <laughs> ah, he's a god who can survive in the depths of space. Well, see, I thought that too, but in the scene where where Loki go, or excuse me, where Thor goes to uh, Silence Island or whatever the hell the name of that was, there was the part where he got dumped into the drink, and he says, "If I can just oh, hold my breath for breath. another few minutes." So apparently, they they do still have to breathe, even though they're gods. So if Loki's locked into this airtight lead lined tank. Because they're concerned about his radioactivity, I think they need to be concerned about the fact that they need to poke some air holes in it, or he's gonna expire. So, or I thought that was a little strange. Or maybe he thought he had to hold his breath because he forgot he doesn't need to breathe. Ah, uh, it could be. Maybe <laughs> oh, wait a minute! Because, uh, I, I don't know. For a few minutes, more minutes. Oh, wait a minute! I don't breathe. <laughs> was maybe that like when Happy he's... Duck gets that he's a duck and plummets off cliffs and stuff? Yeah. Well, it's like when when you walk off the. Uh, walk off a ledge and you're standing there because you don't realize you walked off yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> then look down and see that you're on a cliff and then you fall. And then you fall. <laughs> or maybe it's because he's Don Blake part of the time and he forgets because he's human and he has to breathe when he's human. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you hit it on the head, Scott. If, if you know, if you take this book seriously at all, then then it's just got so many huge gaping holes in it. That, oh, yeah. You know, you can't enjoy it that way. But if you take I mean, what it's worth and, you know, for the 1963 time that it was written and all of that, it's still a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, it, absolutely it is. I mean, I'll, I'll take the piss out of it all day long, but at the end of the day, I just have a blast. It's a lot of fun. I think largely because it is silly, but, I, you know, that pointing out that silliness doesn't doesn't make me uh, like it any less. And I, I hope it doesn't oh, yeah. give the impression that, you know, we we don't enjoy it. We just enjoy tearing it up because, no, I enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. Now, it's are you good. you uh, are you reading this on a uh, on an issue that has a, a full reproduction of it or just the story? It's just the story um, as reprinted in uh, Son of Origins, so it doesn't have like a letters page or the, the ads. Well, there is no like letters that. page, but there's an ad after the last page, the next page right after the last page. It's, give me just one evening and I'll teach you to hypnotize easily. And it's got a picture of a real creepy looking guy pointing towards the the, the reader, and I guess he's the one who's teaching them. But then, even even worse, there's a drawing of a guy standing over a woman laying on a couch or a bed who's sleeping, and he's hypnotizing her. <laughs> I, th I think there's a whole porn site devoted to that, come to think of it. 25 Miracle Lessons. 25? Wow. How much is that? Uh, how much? <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke! I bet uh, what the guy no, does I mean, is it that... It worth it. It's... Is that he... That he... $1.98. He hypnotizes Jeez. him once, and he makes him think he gave him 25 lessons. 
check here, hypnotic powers that you want. It's got a little list with boxes next to it to check. Influence others, self-hypnosis, cure bad habits, lose weight, stop smoking, perform stunts, do mind reading, gain magic, per- magnetic personality, relieve tension, make money. <laughs> You're, I, you are now hypnotized. Give me what's in your wallet. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe after the show, one of us needs to call uh, like one of those missing persons things and and tip them off about this guy. You know, maybe maybe some cases, some some cold cases could be <laughs> solved or something. I'm just you know, it's just a thought. I mean, basically, I, I think the message of this is get this hypnotic power and then hypnotize women into sleeping with you. Mm-hmm. No. I think that's the message they're giving here, which is just amazing. Or uh, just have dollar bills sticking out of your pockets. That works, too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, perform stunts? What? <laughs> so what? Evil Knievel was who he was through hypnosis? <laughs> I'm guessing. Uh, that's a new one on me. <laughs> one more thing on um, the last page of the book that last panel with the Hulk in it before the final panel, does that not look like Matt Damon if he was the Hulk? <laughs> <laughs> I, do, Why is... I do like the wording in that, though, that he's still not really even including himself because he says, uh, hey, what are you calling yourselves? Right. But then he also says, like it or not, I'm joining the team. Well, he's the Hulk, you know. The panel Ooh. before that, Iron Man, for one thing, he's making kind of a <laughs> kind of face. <laughs> But he looks like he's wearing a bat, doesn't he? That reflection or whatever it is yeah. on his armor almost looks like he has a bat. A little bit. Thor looks like he's kind of sick of him already. <laughs> now, one of the things I want to put up uh, throughout the suggestion for us covering at some point is uh, that eight-issue miniseries, uh, Earth Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Have you guys read that one? Yeah, I've but it's been a while. Of it. Yeah. I never read it from beginning to end, but I read it. I've read issues. I forget who the writer was, but the artist was uh, was Scott Collins, and it's one of those like filling in the gutters um, type of type of. It's almost like a an updating of the origin of the Avengers and like the first several adventures they had, but it's cool because it it works with the, with the issues and with the continuity and everything. It doesn't contradict anything, but it kind of updates it a little bit, but it gives you more of what theoretically could have been happening behind the scenes and in between issues and things and makes a cohesive story out of it. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was really, really neat. And it shows kind of the the team coming together because one of the things that these early issues really lack in the way that the storytelling is, is you don't really get character interaction and character like true character development and interaction, like like interpersonal relationships it's more about let's get the team together, let's go fight the bad guy, let's kick the bad guy's ass, and then the issue's over, essentially. And you don't get that wow factor of, wow, this is the first time you know, Iron Man's meeting Thor, you know, this guy of science meeting the, the god you know, of, a, of a magical realm kind of thing. And in that miniseries, you got that. There was a moment where... Iron Man essentially called out Thor going, look, you know, I like you. I'm glad you're on our team. You're super bad, powerful, but come on, God of Thunder, really? And then Thor kind of expands his consciousness so that he understands, no, I'm I'm the real deal. 
it was a great little moment. You just didn't get that in these comics. Of the, It was just a different time and a different way of storytelling where they didn't take time to appreciate you know, things like Cap coming forward 20 years in time. It was just, it happened and then you moved forward. But that miniseries was really cool on playing on those little elements of a man at a time and things like that. So uh, at some point... Uh, I would, I would actually to like to do some of that stuff in conjunction with the original issues, kind of. Like That's we, not a we, bad idea. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, we, we mentioned there was the... Uh, the, the adaptation of issue number two in the Marvel Superheroes Hulk run. Mm-hmm. And I, I always feel like we could do the two of them together in one episode. And the same thing maybe yeah. with Earth, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, cover issues of that that we've covered, you know, like maybe go over the issue that covers number one or the issues that cover number one that we just did. Absolutely. And this way we could talk about the differences and where, you know, where they expand on it and all of that. Yeah, I like that idea. Well, with that said, do we want to decide now or uh, what, as far as the next see? episode? Yeah, we'll just wait and see how we what we come up with or do we want to I say we do else? next episode spotlight on D-Man. <laughs> I think D-Man actually was an Avenger to be honest with you. Was he an Avenger? Yeah, or yeah was he, he was. He was, yeah. No, he was he was an Avenger. I thought he was a reserve, but that's in the era that I really wasn't reading. So I will get to that, but I'm a newbie on those. So D-Man it is. <laughs> You're not serious. <laughs> I wouldn't have much to add to that. Yeah, I don't think I would he, either. He looks like uh, the old uh, Daredevil costume. Well, mm-hmm. he was Combined like a... Like Marine costume. Yeah, he was, like, <laughs> he was a wrestler. I don't know. I've, 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 I've read his story. Then I think he got brain damage. And, was he, uh, wasn't he like a, like a homeless guy? Didn't he he like... was in that... I think he was in that wrestling league that The Thing was in when he yeah. came back. Out of world, the unlimited league yeah. or whatever it was called, yeah. And then he was like a semi sidekick of Caps or helped out Cap a few times. All right, yeah. I, I think this officially counts as our D-Man spotlight. Then <laughs> it's done. Now. Oh, we've done one and a half shows, <laughs> one episode. All that's right. that's your homework, Paul D-Man. Okay. Well, he was recently in in the run of Cap. Well, he oh, he was he? he was brainwashed or something to go after Cap. And I'm pretty sure it ended with him being dead. Ooh. Hmm. Although I'm not sure. It definitely ended with Cap think, or it definitely had Cap thinking he was dead. I don't know if somewhere along the line they said, oh, no, he really isn't dead. But as far as I know, he was. I killed D-Man. He I'm demand. not typically a fan of that sort of thing, but at the same rate, I can't see there being a whole lot of people that would miss D-Man very much, but... Yeah, you know, every character has their fans, so you never know. <laughs> There's that one guy in our promo who loves D-Man. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by visiting the Two True Freaks section of www.forumforgeeks.com. Back to the Bins is produced in association with the Two True Freaks podcast, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. 
and is a registered trademark of DiManzocor of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Back to the Bins is a proud member of both the League of Comic Book Podcasts, which you may find at comicbooknoise.com league, and also the Comics Podcast Network, which you may find at comicspodcasts.com. Take a moment to stop by their respective sites and support their other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.